Two short scripture readings from Paul's letter to the Colossians, chapter 1, from verse 15. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created, things in heaven and things on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Then in Isaiah chapter 42, Here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him, and he will bring justice to the nations. He will not shout or cry out or raise his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break, and a smouldering wick he will not snuff out. In faithfulness he will bring forth justice. He will not falter or be discouraged till he establishes justice on earth. So reads God's word. Uh, The Bible pictures us as a group of people in a race, a long race. And so we're going to look at those verses that we read earlier from um, Hebrews 12. But the Bible also pictures humanity, the whole of humanity is on a broad road going to destruction. And when I read this passage from Hebrews, I see a group of runners going in the other direction. An attractive group of runners that makes us want to be a part of that. So let's look at Hebrews 12, verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. The cloud of witnesses are those who've gone before us. And for me, I grew up in a non-Christian home here in Horsham, uh, and there was a group of colliers who seemed to be running in the other direction. And there was an attractiveness about them. Uh, And it's a wonderful thing to be able to put Christianity and fun together. I don't think living with Jesus was boring. I know living with Jesus now isn't boring. So I don't think we as God's people should present anything boring. We should say, this is life. This is abundant life. We've met him. It changes everything. And, and for me, in being invited along to Crusaders or really coerced by being told you can play on the football team if you come to Crusaders. Uh, it, but it was fun. It, it was wonderful to go on the Saturday nights or whatever night it was and place a beauty and table tennis. I enjoyed all of that. I even enjoyed seeing a record being broken over Peter Worsley's head. I enjoyed the little sketches. I enjoyed even the songs. They were quite catchy. Uh, 
And it, more than anything, what I enjoyed was seeing a different way of life. And this uh, Bible verse says that we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. And it seems like we're in the arena, we're still running, they finished the race, they're looking down. I don't know if every believer in heaven is looking down watching us. I know Jesus is. But it's this picture of they've gone before and and I get the feeling that they're cheering us on, saying, well done, well done. And for those of you who've given your time as leaders of home groups or leaders of youth groups or leaders of anything, even uh, putting out the chairs, that takes forever. We rent a school up in Liverpool and uh, every week we put up chairs, put them away, put out exam desks, it's A-level time. And, but what a joy to do it in a team of people who are running a race together. And it pictures this crowd of witnesses who've gone before us. But for me, I don't know if you've ever watched some of the um, Tour de France, for example. The Tour de France, the, the guys will be cycling along, and then you'll see some, someone in the crowd running alongside. And they can only run alongside for a few hundred yards at the most. Uh, and then they peter off. I think Crusaders actually was a bit like that for me. As a 12-year-old, I went along and ran alongside, but didn't really get into the race. And after a year of Crusaders, I got my living Bible, uh, paperback, loved it, didn't read it, but I loved it, loved having this Bible. Uh, And um, at the end of my year, in Peter Worsley's form, and when, as I went to be a second year at Colliers, I said to God, bad decision if you've ever said this. Change it if you've said this. I said, God, I will give my life to you just before I die. What a terrible decision. What an idiot. And then my life uh, just went on and uh, I gave myself really to the God of sport and uh, ended up playing tennis in Florida on a scholarship over there, where God gave me another chance to hear the gospel. My tennis friends all used to say, why have you got that Bible? Uh, and it was like uh, my, my granddad grew up here, he had a rabbit's foot. My family tend to touch wood. I've even been with some of my family this morning, and, uh, and they were touching wood. And I, I had this Bible, and I was a little bit superstitious, and I had this Bible, but I didn't read it. But then I had another chance to go to a group of people who were fun, relevant, uh, running in a different direction. And uh, it, it was there that I finally said, God, here are the reins of my life. Here are the reins of my life. Help me to put you first, not sport. Help me to wait till marriage to have sex. Help me to stop swearing. Help me to stop cheating in university. I was living for tennis. I didn't care about the university. I didn't care about the exams. I just copied uh, multiple choice. I would just, I would go into a, a lecture and just work out who's clever in the class and then I would look through here and copy, I'd somewhere, I would just sit slightly behind them and copy their answers and change one, because I'm not stupid. Although I was stupid. <laughs> I've already told you I was stupid. I, I said at 12, 
I'll give my life to you just before I die. But what was wonderful is when I later on at university became a Christian, I thought, I have wasted all those years running in the wrong direction, giving my energies to the, to the wrong God. And now I've been running in the other direction with this great cloud of witnesses. But this passage tells us it's a long race. We need to prepare well because we can trip up on the race. I don't know if you've ever done running. I I don't like running. I I like chasing a ball of some kind. And uh, we always used to have sports day at Collier's and we had four houses. I was in Collier's house. There were these other three houses. And uh, I wasn't in the event I wanted most, which was 100 metres. I'd been put in by the captain uh, into the 400 metres. And there was a Sussex runner... Uh, running for St. Leonard's, I think. And so I said to the captain of uh, the uh, team, I said, what do I need to know about the 400 metres? He said, just run as fast as you can all the way round. (laughs) (laughs) Which sounds sounds really good. Uh, So the gun goes off, and I'm staying with the Sussex runner, 300 metres. And I was feeling quite good. 350 metres, I thought, my legs feel like they've gone to jelly. And uh, about 370 metres, I thought, I think I'm actually shrinking. (laughs) And and about 380 metres, I actually, my legs gave way and I slid. And I I was right alongside this Sussex runner thinking I might even be able to get him, but he was just starting to go ahead and I ended up coming last in the race. I hadn't prepared for the longevity of the race. I wasn't trained. I wasn't ready for a race uh, of 400 metres flat out. God says to us, there's a great cloud of witnesses, but that is not to be our primary focus. We're not to think, well, I've, I've known some relatives who are wonderful believers. How wonderful if your parents were believers. How wonderful if you've come from uh, generations of believers. And you're thinking of them right now, thinking, yeah, they set an example for me. They're cheering me on in the race. I want that for my children. How wonderful. But that isn't our primary motivation. Nor, as we get into the race, running in the other direction on the narrow road that leads to life, nor are the other people in the race our main focus of attention. Because actually... In any kind of race, there's always a little bit of elbowing and uh, bumping. And I don't know if you've found this, but I've found that other Christians trip me up as much as anybody else. And I've got to get up and say, God, I forgive them. God, I'm yours. God, we're part of your family. If you read the story of Joseph, it was his brothers who sold him into slavery but God was in it. So some people stop the race and you say, well, why have you stopped? Well, it's the Christians. I had some run-ins with leaders and, or I wasn't appreciated for all the chairs I put out and they, they didn't appreciate me. We're not primarily to focus on the other Christians in the race. Although it is a great encouragement when you see a group like Crusaders and they're all running, you think, wow, I want to be a part of that and I want to run with them. 
It is a wonderful thing when God gives momentum and God is sowing seeds of the gospel and you see fruit coming. How wonderful to look back at what happened in the 70s in Horsham Crusaders, both the girls that came here, the, the boys that went to London Road in the Methodist Church. How wonderful to see so much fruit from that seeds that were sown coming to harvest for God's glory. We've got to make sure that we keep running. Whatever happens in the race, get up. The righteous man falls seven times but rises again. So you might think, that's me, I've been tripped up in the race, I'm ready to quit. No, get up. Because our main focus is Jesus. So the verses go on and say, fixing our eyes on Jesus. The pioneer, the alpha, the beginner, and the perfecter of faith. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. Remarkable saviour. He's run the race. He's watching. He's cheering us on. And he says, I am with you every step of the, the way in this long race. And everyone's race is slightly different. It's the race marked out for you. So some people have a much shorter race. You think, oh, they're with the Lord. I used to love reading the biographies of Jim Elliott, a missionary in America, but he died at 28. I used to love, when I first became a Christian, listening to Keith Green songs, and he died very young and was a remarkable uh, worshipper of God. You think, wow, his race was short. We don't know how long the race is going to be, but he knows. And we can trust him that he's marked out the race perfectly for us. And if you're honest as a Christian, you often think, if I was God, I would not have marked out the race this way. See, the second chance for me was going, it was a Christian girl in Florida My crawly girlfriend had broken up with me after a year and a half uh, living out there, and I can't blame her for that. A long-distance relationship's quite hard. And in those days, no email, no Facebook. Aerogram letters was the main thing I was... uh, And one phone call a month, which cost a pound a minute. That was outrageous. Uh, That was the 80s. And... uh, so it was quite hard to have a long-distance relationship, but when she broke up with me, it was... I felt like my... uh, anchor in my life had gone and uh, for the first time I was actually popular with girls in Florida gee I like your accent oh do you (laughs) that's nice so but this lovely Christian girl said would you like to come to church with me and I thought not really I've kind of made the deal just before I die. I'll give my, Not really, but I like this girl. And so I went to a Presbyterian church with her and actually ended up going to something very like Crusaders. It was called Saturday Night Good Times. You, you couldn't get away with a name like that today. But <laughs> in 1980, Saturday Night Good Times, it was just like Crusaders. Lots of fun, sketches. Uh, I, I, the first time I went... They asked for three volunteer girls, three volunteer guys, and uh, then the guys and the girls went out the room. And they were going to have a toffee apple race. That was the idea. 
except once they were all out the room, the guys were actually going to be eating toffee onions. But, <laughs> but just guys being... So everyone's ready. The, the, the three girls come back in. The three guys come back in. And you see these guys, and they're not going to give in. It was just like Crusaders. It was wonderful. <laughs> And after three months of going on Saturday nights and Sunday mornings, I I did become a Christian. I married that American girl. I was 22. Uh, And it was all wonderful. Went to seminary in Philadelphia. Got my master's there. Wonderful. Sent all our stuff to Horsham. And then she went off with another guy. I wouldn't have put that in the race. Why did you do that, Lord? God is God. He knows what he's doing. If you look at Joseph's life, God knew exactly what he was doing. It it must have been so tough for Joseph. 17 years old, getting these prophetic dreams of his brothers bowing down to him, only to find he gets stabbed in the back by his brothers. Fast forward 13 years, when he's 30 years old, his brothers come to Egypt and they're bowing down to him. You think, wow, God, you did this to, pre- to preserve all of Israel. All things work together for good. God does know what he's doing. But we don't always get it, and it can knock us in the race, and we can think, I'm not going to make it. How wonderful it is to see believers who've been believers for 40 years, 50 years, 60 years, they're still going strong. It's a wonderful testimony of those in the race. And still a great example for us to keep going ourselves, to keep making a difference, to keep maybe looking to make the most of every opportunity. Because I think that's what was most remarkable about Crusaders. They made the most of every opportunity. And I thank God. When I became a Christian... Uh, one of the first things I thought was, I must tell Peter Worsley I've become a Christian. It was years later. I wrote to my mum, who was the only one who would read my Christian uh, stuff, uh, uh, and uh, I I said, do you know where Peter Worsley is? She said, no, he left Colliers. I don't know where he is now. God knows what he's doing. (coughs) We've got to keep fixing our eyes on him and not going, I'm not looking at you anymore, I'm cross with you. Christians actually can't admit they're cross with God. We know too much about the Bible to actually say, I'm cross with you, God. But when I came back to Horsham as a 30-year-old, I'd been in America for 10 years Uh, I was the only Christian in my family, the only one divorced in my family, and sitting down with my dad, watching Match of the Day. My dad said this. He said, your mother and I, we're not Christians. We're still married. You say you're a Christian, but you're divorced. Your God let you down. And my dad never spoke like that. But when he said it, it was like he'd punched me in the stomach. And and I sent a silent prayer to God. God, what do I say? Because everything in me suddenly realized, I do feel that God has let me down. How dare he do that to me when I gave up everything to follow him? That's arrogant, by the way. Don't copy that example. That just shows uh, my arrogance. 
Now I look back and I thank God for all he's taken me through because it's made me a different man for him. But anyway, I, I, I prayed this prayer to heaven and God, quick, I, I got this thought almost immediately. Say this, I did not let you down, but your wife who promised till death parts you left you, let you down. So I said that to my dad. He was unimpressed. But something, something heavy fell off of me. I just knew that I hadn't been trusting God in this whole process. I knew the verses, all things work together for good. In the race marked out for me, the race marked out for me included something I wouldn't have included. I imagine your race has had some things in your life you think, I wouldn't have put that in there. God knows what he's doing. And uh, now fast forward a bit longer, I came back here for five years, met my second wife, a Manchester girl. We went up to Manchester to start New Frontiers churches. I was running an Alpha course in Burnage, uh, a rough part of South Manchester. And um, I was doing the first talk, Christianity, boring, untrue and irrelevant. And I talked about being a choir boy for half a crown a wedding at uh, the Anglican church here. And I said that was boring. I talked about crusaders, uh, and I uh, talked about untrue, and then said, but actually I realized it was all true when I went to crusaders. I didn't give my life to God then, but I knew it was all true. And so I was telling that story through the Alpha materials, and afterwards one of the students coming to our church came up to me and said, who was the crusader leader in Horsham. I said, that was Peter Worsley. She said, that's my dad. I'm Catherine Worsley. And that's when I got back in touch with Peter and was able to say, I have become a Christian and thanks for all you did. But who was the first person who told you the gospel? What a wonderful privilege to hear the gospel. I heard it more than once. I needed to hear it more than once. Who right now in your street or at your workplace or in your life, is waiting for you to be the first person to share the gospel with them, or to say to them, we're we're doing something fun at church this week. Would you like to come? We're doing an open mic night. We're doing a quiz night. Or There's all kinds of things, but somehow we've got to keep being the people who go and get another person and say, Not just, I'm going to keep running in the race, I'm going to persevere till the end, but come and join me in the race. It's an amazing race. You can trust him. You'll be surprised the way he marks out your race, but you can trust him every step of the way. And when you fall down, he's not there going, you stupid, useless Christian. He's saying, get up. Oh, my child. Your knees, they're terrible. Let Let me heal that. Let me heal that. Get up. You're a righteous one. How wonderful to know God as our Father. And so it talks in Hebrews of the race marked out for us, persevering, so that we, as we consider him, do not grow weary and lose heart. Some of you might be starting out the race. Some of you might be a long way in the race. But you might be losing heart consider him again. The one who said, I will come and run the perfect race. 
I will die and pay the price for all our sin. I will rise and sit at the right hand of God the Father and I will watch your race, but I'm with you every step of the way. What a God we serve. What a privilege for us to be those who share in some way the opportunity of of saying to someone else, there's a God you need to get to know him. If we are running a race full of fun and abundant life, people will want to come and at least run alongside. Hopefully they'll not run alongside long. They'll say, I want to be part of this race. How do I get in? Give your life to Jesus. You can trust him. It's all about trusting him at the beginning and continuing to put your trust in him, to persevere to the end. In a moment, we're going to sing uh, May the Mind of Christ My Saviour. That's the 1448. Uh, I'm going to pray, but let's stand together. Lord God, I pray. Thank, thank you, first of all, for those who are running the race so well. Help them to keep going to the end. Lord, I also want to ask for the favour of God on us as your people to be out there talking to people and being the first one to tell them about Jesus, those who've never heard of Jesus, the first one to invite them along to some Christian event. Lord, use us, please, in this race to cause others to come and get on board. We do honour you, Lord Jesus. You're so worthy of all praise. Amen.